Hello, Rob. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thanks, mate. Let's talk about exploration in games. So, today on the show, we are joined by Gabe Barrett, teacher, designer, publisher, and host of the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Gentlemen, really appreciate you uh, having me on. It's good to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. This is a bit of a surreal situation for me because having listened to all of the Board Game Design Lab episodes now, I believe, um, I'm very used to your voice, but I'm not used to your voice being interactive with the things I'm asking. (laughs) Um, So it's weird, but in a good way. Yeah, and that's one thing I'm looking into for the podcast of having it where you can just uh, hit a button and then like it, it's me asking certain questions or me maybe telling you encouraging things about your life or game designs. I don't know. That's something, you know, next level that maybe we can try later down the road. I think a Gabe Barrett soundboard of encouragement might be a great <laughs> feature to add to the community. Encouragement and good country sayings that only people from Alabama understand. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's the, the hidden option in the menu. Yeah, so for example, if you asked if uh, if I thought your game was any good, I could tell you, well, you know, man, if you drop that thing off a bridge, it'll hit water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it. God, I love that. That's so good. I just want an audiobook now of all of the design lab advice, but read by Gabe, just sort of like <laughs> something that I could go to sleep with and be like, yeah, I am good. I am good. I can do it. Don't worry. <laughs> well, welcome, Gabe. And this is the part of the show where we are going to throw a couple of challenges your way, um, both of your ways. Now, don't worry, Gabe, I'm going to be getting a little bit lighter on you. But I felt like today being a topic on exploration. And one thing I noticed after doing a bit of a dive is there's a surprising number of games that are based off of locations. You know, there's there's so many. I mean, I was, was about to say one off the top of my head, but that would be that would be giving away the test results before we've even taken the exam. So if I was a geography teacher, a really bad one, you know for sure my classroom would need a big map on the wall with pictures of board games based on certain places where they are relevant. And today you're going to both help me make that map. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you both 10 seconds. We'll start off with Gabe. We're going to go easier on Gabe. And by easier, I mean, Chris, no repeating any of the locations that Gabe says. But what (laughs) I want you to do in about 10 seconds is name as many board games related from cities, countries, locations, anything you can think of. And I'm going to keep a little tally. Does that sound good? Sounds good. I am not going to be good at this. (laughs) Nor am I. So welcome to the club. I think of the three of us, Rob would probably be the best at this. And actually, he's not doing it. So let's let's go for it. He's a good lawyer. You never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. <laughs> that's, uh, that's something as well, because I'm awful at geography. Hence, I'm getting you to help me to make this. So we'll start off with you, Gabe. I'm going to start a 10-second timer. And what I want you to do is just shout out as many board games you can think of related to places. You ready? All right. Three, two, one, go. Pandemic, because it's everywhere. Um... <laughs> Carcassonne, yeah. Um, castle Panic, because a castle is a place, but it's got to be cities or, or country, doesn't it? <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> time is up. There we okay, go. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm feeling more confident than I was before. Yes, you should, because here's the thing. I live in Honduras where I can't really get board games very easily, and so I don't have a big massive shelf of games. I've got a bunch of games in the United States at a friend of mine's house that I just keep there, and when I'm home, I can play them. But like, you'll, if you look around the room, there, there's no games here. Like I have a few games that I can play that are my favorites, but uh, for the most part, 
I got nothing, man. So at least you can look at your shelf and be like, that one, that one, that one, that one. So Except my shelf is not in this room. Oh, good. <laughs> I've got a chance. I have lots of books and various bits and some like vinyl on the wall, but that's about it. So I'm going to try my best, but they're all going to be probably places I've visited in Europe and just hope there's a Euro game. That's what I'm doing as my technique. Well, so far... So far, I have three board games for the uh, the classmates to play with. Let's see if we can get a couple more. Are you ready, Chris? Uh, I am going to try my very best to be ready, yes. One, two, three, go. Okay, Brussels, Bruges, uh, Le Havre. Um, this is harder than I was expecting because I've only got three as well. Um, oh, the pressure's getting to me. Come on, <laughs> think of places. Uh, ticket to ride Europe. Does Europe count? <laughs> Tickets to ride New York, tickets to ride London. You are so done on tickets to ride Europe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that one a draw. Well, to be fair, two of my three were not exactly places. Although pandemic was an excellent answer to this question, I will. Say. <laughs> pandemic counts as so many countries that yeah, that's, that's right. it's all the win country. by a landslide. I'm surprised no one said Santorini. That's that's the, that would be my go-to. But hey, very well done, gentlemen. Um, maybe I uh, should look elsewhere for my uh, my decorative maps on my uh, geography teacher walls. But anywho, we got a bit lost, haven't we? So let's get back into the map. And you know, we're obviously here with Gabe Barrett. There are some spicy new games coming out from Gabe. One in particular that Chris brought my attention to. Gabe, you're currently working on a game called Robomon, is that right? That is correct. I've been working on it for a little over a year now. April 2020 is when I really started to dive in. Like I worked on it a little bit before then, but really April 2020 is when I like, okay, let's make this a real thing. Excellent. And I think I saw um, on the BGG page that I saw for it and some of the info you shared before, I saw that this is very focused on exploration and that open world vibe. So tell me a little bit more about the game and how that fits into it. And then we'll dive into talking about how you actually turn exploration into an analog game. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a huge fan of Pokemon, have been forever, just like most people my age. Uh, You grew up on the red and the blue and then the yellow and then all the other colors and symbols and planets, all that in between. And I always thought, like, there should be Pokemon board games. Like, why in the world are there not more games, at least knockoffs, at least like somebody going, hey, let's try this thing, even if Pokemon itself won't make a game. And uh, but at the same time, it's like, how do you do that? Because if it's just going to be like a 90 minute experience, you're not really getting the full Pokemon, like Pocket Monster, run around the world and, and check out stuff and solve puzzles and, and win tournaments and build your team. You're not getting that. And so it's like, okay, how do you do that? And Sleeping Gods really helped me unlock, okay, this is how you do it. You have a book, you have exploration, you can go from one page to the next and you can see all these different things. And so that's kind of where it really took off is, is when I saw Sleeping Gods on Kickstarter, I was like, oh, there it is. That's, that's how you do it. And I'd already had all these other ideas, but then that was the key that unlocked the rest of this. And so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to work on. And I think that people are most used to that kind of exploration, open world feel in digital games. And obviously, thinking back to what you were talking about, getting the Game Boy out and playing on uh, Pokemon, um, there was that ability to kind of explore over time. And do you think that's easier to do in a digital game? And how does that translate over into the analog medium? Yeah, it's way, way easier uh, in a digital game because you have so much more space. Uh, you know, with, with a board game, you're limited to what you can put inside of a box. And now there's a lot of games coming out with apps and stuff like that. But if you're going to be just making a regular board game, uh, you're limited in your number of map tiles or cards, or in my case, the, the book that you go through. And it's not cheap and it's not light. It costs a lot to ship. And there's just a lot, of, a lot more you have to think about where in the digital space, the sky's the limit, especially nowadays with the amount of, you know, 
processing power and stuff like that, that that video games have. And then also just like how many interactions, like think about how many video games have just random NPCs. You walk up to them, they go, Hey, how are you? And that's it. Like, it's just a completely frivolous interaction. Well, you can't really do that in a board game because it's just a waste of space. And so you have to figure out, you know, some of those things, get that same feeling, but honing it in on like, what's the best, what's the core essence of that experience. And then just focusing on that. You know, it's funny because you, you know, I feel like the map exploration tech in board games is getting better and better because I remember obviously it's the classic is here's a bunch of tiles we're going to put these together and and as you say like for that repeat process it sounds like Robo One can be played over what fifteen hundred hours if you want it to um, but the idea being that you know for variable setup you would have all these different map tiles I think the thing that I found very exciting in the innovation space for that was Gloomhaven's big box going to Jaws of the Lion here's a book open it up setting all that sort of stuff up but how did you find like sort of like finding the right feel for the exploration within your within your game you know seven continent was amazing i I i'm just flabbergasted by the number of tiles and locations and all the all the the art and all the stuff like how it's just huge like you could literally sit down if you wanted to take up your entire like bottom floor of your house you could put out the entire map you could see it that's crazy um but i wanted something a little bit more contained like you said with the jaws of lion what, what a brilliant innovation just to say, hey, you don't have to set up a bunch of tiles on stuff. Just turn to page five and let's go. You know, because that was one of the big issues with Gloomhaven. As great a game as it is, the setup is uh, a bit daunting. And so anything you can do, and that's another thing with any kind of campaign game or any kind of game that's going to last a while, is you want it to be easy setup, easy teardown, easy save, where you can you know pick up right where you left off in wherever whatever part of the world you were in and just dive right back into it, just like you would in a video game. And there's a lot of challenges with that in the board game space, but it's also an opportunity, right? To, to figure things out and have some fun. I was going to ask about that actually, and this ability that if you're on your Game Boy, you can just press save. How do you replicate that so that games can be saved where players want and then they can come and jump back in easily? Yeah, that was a huge challenge. and was something that whenever I sat down and, and just kind of started thinking through, all right, what do I want? What do I want this game to be? I want it to mainly be for one to two players. I want it to have a big open world, all these things. One of the main things, and I underlined it, was easy to save, right? It's got to, if I can't get that right, then I have no business making the rest of this game. And so I was thinking through, how do you do that? Because I remember back in the day, I would play a campaign game and there would be no save mechanism, really. I would just have to take pictures on my phone of like this, the end states, like, okay, here's my character, here's the cards and here's the weapons and the health and the mana and all that. It's like, okay, picture taken. And then next game, have to get all that stuff back out and like look at the picture and put it on, look at the picture, put it on. It's like, okay, not that, definitely not that. And so I took some cues from Dungeons and Dragons of the character sheet of just giving players this pretty uh, heavy duty kind of a cardstock sheet where you've got all your information on there. And as you get items, you're adding those in. Uh, this also solved the problem of tokens. So trying to make this game as inexpensive as possible, but still a huge experience, you're trying to cut costs different places. And so if I could get rid of as many tokens as possible, have less cardboard, uh, it's lighter to ship and all that, okay, that's definitely what I want to do. And so having a character sheet that looks like uh, a, a Super Nintendo menu, right? You, you you look at it and it's got all the icons, little pixel graphics and all the stuff. And then you're just writing in. It's like, okay, I've just picked up five batteries. I just picked up, you know, whatever item it is. And so I can erase the old, write in the new, or if you want to use tick marks or whatever, you're writing in uh, location. So it's got a, a fast travel system. And every time you come to a new location, it's got a, a certain icon on it. You go, oh, okay, this is a fast travel place. And you write that down. You write what page it is. And any time in the game, you can just go back to it as, as long as, you know, certain criteria are met. And so, you know, doing things like that, but the character sheet was a big one of just saying, let's just write it down. And if you get a new thing, erase the old, write down the new and 
you're done, right? And so setup is just pull out the character sheet and there, there's all your stuff. You don't have to get out a bunch of tokens or anything. You're good to go. Sometimes this kind of game, simplicity is the best way to go with things like that, isn't it? Yeah, and you can also just print out more. You know, I can give you the, the link to the PDF and you can just print out as many of these things as you want to replay it over and over again. That's definitely a big element when it comes to sort of exploration games is, you know, when you've got a digital game, as we sort of previously explained, that you can just have as much stuff as you want, really. Um, whereas when you've got a board game, you know, as designers, we have to think about the number of components and the cost of that game. And so you have to start to innovate into ways that you can try and reduce the footprint, but keep that feeling of exploration and and discovery. And actually, Chris, was, we, were, we were chatting about this previously beforehand. We we're talking about like the difference between exploration and discovery within board games. You know, is there a is there sort of like a big difference? Because I think we were sort of discussing how you always discover stuff in board games. You know, you turn the card, you've discovered a new thing. Um, is that quite the same as sort of getting the feel of an, of an area or, or sort of what do you see a difference there? That's a good question. I think there's a, a good intersection that, that I'm really going for um, of okay, here's a new new map spread, right? These two map pages, and you're looking at the thing, but it, it's not just like, oh, there they are. You know, it's, you're actually looking at them and going, okay, I wonder what that is. Oh, is that is that part of a puzzle? Is that is that relate to the thing that that guy told me about two towns ago that this relates? And if it does, how does it relate? And is this, is this, is this a puzzle? It's a, am I in a puzzle about a puzzle? You know what I mean? And so just trying to mess with people. And so I think that's part of it too, is, is giving people reasons to look and to, to, to stare and to ponder and to think. And it's like, okay, what what does this mean? And does that person over there and relate to that? And so I think that's part of it is, is giving, in the same way that like if you're going for a hike, you know, you're not just staring at the trail and just walking. Like you're looking around, you're seeing new things. You're like, oh, check out that view or look at this flower, or this tree. And so how do you do that in a game? And it's honestly through art. It's through, you know, in my case, it's turning the page and going to that next area and seeing that new thing. I kind of feel like exploration, like you've, you've kind of summed it up there. I feel like exploration is I see that mountain or I see that cool looking thing. I want to go and see what that does. I want to go and see what's there. Whereas discovery is a bit more like once I've arrived there, there's things I didn't know were there. And now it's like, that's the sort of discovery element of it. But yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic between the two. Well, I think that we are nearing said mountain, Rob. I think we left uh, between 10 and 15 minutes ago and we're now at the foot of the mountain and it's time for us to part ways. So uh, time for our final thoughts. Gabe, is there anything that you'd like to let the listeners know about exploration in games? Anything you've discovered as a kind of take-home message you'd like to share with them? Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's important to realise how much people love this they they love to explore they love to discover i mean like we're just talking about hiking people love to go out and find new things that they haven't seen before and it's a challenge in a board game because you are limited in your materials you're limited in your space all that kind of thing but it's worth talking about it's worth thinking about it's worth designing about and uh, so if you're a person listening to this thinking about it go for it uh, give it a shot you, you might not have the design skills yet to pull it off and that's where i was for a long time and thinking about this game and not having any idea how to do it uh, but eventually you know you keep practicing you keep getting better you keep working and you get an idea and you go oh i think i figured it out and so even if you have to put it on the shelf for a little bit that's okay you hopefully be able to come back to it and turn it into something special thank you very much uh, you've inspired me to dust off my my old map put on my knapsack 
and go out into the wild world of exploration game design. Thank you very much, Gabe. Where can our listeners learn more about you? I feel like a lot of them may already know where they can find you, but where, where can people find more about Gabe Barrett? Yeah, so boardgamedesignlab.com. You can find all the podcasts and all the resources and all the stuff I've put together. Um, Board Game Design Lab Facebook community is an excellent place. And then also bgdlplus.com. Uh, it's a new community site that uh, I launched a few months ago. And uh, it's kind of a, if, if you're not big on social media or you just want to kind of get away and just get, just game designers and not your crazy uncle talking about politics, uh, it's a good place to, uh, to join us over there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gabe. And I will say goodbye to you, Chris. I'll see you at 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Thank you very much to both of you. It's been a pleasure. And Gabe, I feel like I would like to explore said game design oasis that we've discovered uh, in the future. So I'll be doing that. Uh, Rob, I'll see you at boardgamebud.com. This has been a 10-minute design chat on exploration in games. Thanks for listening. And enjoy throwing open the door and exploring the world of board game design.